Hello, and welcome to another episode of Norboard's Builder Insights Podcast. Builder Insights is your best source of information on new building techniques, materials, tools, and codes. Keep up to date with the latest developments as well as tips and tricks that will save you time and money on the job site. And now, Builder Insights. Stephen Cousins is HBI's Director of Career Technical Education, providing technical assistance to the HBI construction training staff in addition to more than 100 other organizations that license HBI's Pre-Apprenticeship Certificate Training Curriculum, or also known as PACT. He also designs workshops and leads Train the Trainer seminars. To expand HBI's reach, Cousins collaborates with industry experts and National Association of Home Builders members to create relevant training material for staff using PACT. Prior to HBI, Cousins worked in the residential construction industry for 18 years. He started as a carpenter's helper and worked his way up to a site superintendent, managing historic residential remodeling and building new homes in the Washington, D.C. metro area. The following podcast was recorded at the 2018 International Builder Show in Orlando. Steve, let's start off by, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be at the HBI. That's a rather large, a long story, but basically got hurt on the job, and my wife told me to go find a real job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In short. When did that happen? That happened right around 1999. I started with the Home Builders Institute as a carpentry instructor at one of our Job Corps programs. So you were a carpenter before that? For about 18 years, 18 yes. years, okay. Can you tell us a little bit about HBI? Sure. It, well, first of all, it's the best organization I've ever worked for. I've been with HBI for almost 20 years. The mission just really aligns with what I feel is important and needed. And the, the work that we do is is really more than just empowering somebody with some construction skills training. It's really helping them to develop the skills necessary and the uh, self-esteem to be successful, whether they go into construction or into any facet related to residential construction. You obviously have skills at carpentry, so are you, are you just only sort of, are you on the teaching side? Well, currently I am actually Director of Career Technical Education, so okay. we, I operate an area of our business development department <coughs> where we actually provide the curriculum for okay. uh, partner organizations to deliver the training and then the certification for the students. You're responsible for the curriculum, I guess. Yes, yes. Okay, I see. Are you guys a government agency? No, sir. So you're you're funded. You're how are you guys funded? Uh, we're funded through government grants, but also okay. through a lot of philanthropic and, and nonprofits. Okay, so you get third party, third party investment as well. Yes, sir. Can you tell us a little bit about your role? I, you know, you touched on it a little bit, but what what how how are you involved on a day to day basis in the organization? Mostly, what the, the work I do is around. I guess validating our, our curriculum and upgrading our curriculum to meet industry standards and needs. As, as you know, right here at the Builder Show, it's, it's changing constantly. So a lot of what I do is work with subject matter experts and develop materials to make the instructor's jobs easier so that they can spend more time with the students, helping okay. them develop the skills. So you deal with codes? A little bit, yes. Little bit. There are some there are, are some components around codes. The curriculum is that I work with mostly is our what's called our pre-apprenticeship certificate training curriculum, okay. and that is focused on entry-level skills okay. and a lot of the decisions that are made around code requirements when you're building a home are not really the helper level. 
Can you, uh, how many trades does HPI offer training and, and can you tell us what those are? Sure. Nine different trade areas, starting with carpentry, okay. electrical wiring, facility maintenance. We yep. call that business, oh, sorry, we call that building construction technology. Yep. There's masonry, painting, weatherization, and HVAC. Uh, do you offer courses for each of those traits in all areas? Yes, yes. Okay, so it, every every market that you guys are in, you're you're teaching all of those. Sure, we obviously look at stuff like labor market information, leading market index, data from NHB to determine what area we're going to focus it on more. If there's a high need for carpenters, then we'll obviously tailor our training around the carpentry units. What are the key takeaway points that HBI offers students? Uh, for example, uh, you know, industry-based pre pre-apprenticeship training. What are the key takeaways? So what do they get out of this training? Well, you know, after 20 years of being with HBI, I think the biggest thing that the students will take away is that they'll have somebody that's got their back. They have an instructor that cares about them and their future. I saw that with Keith earlier today because he, he, had, he had a couple of his graduates come through here. Yes. Well, one of them is in training now, and the other one was a graduate yep. from 1988 or 86 or something. Yeah. So they've known each other a long time. I think it was Chuck Vaughn, right? Yep. Who happens, happens to work for the company that makes this, that built this booth. Oh, wow. Small world. Small world, yeah, exactly. Please tell us what is involved with the PACT curriculum. Well, it's a comprehensive training guide, if you will, or curriculum that the instructor uses to create his or her own syllabus or his or her own kind of map out for how they're going to, to impart the skills, the, the, the technical trade skills, and as well as the, you know, we have an academic component to it for basic construction math. We have a very robust employability unit because that's what a lot of the builder members and the contractors out there, they're looking for somebody with more employability skills, life right. skills. They, they know that they, the students will learn all of the technical skills just by being on the job every day. So those are the two, I think, main components of, of PACT that are, that are really important. And then so the student generally goes through the core of the curriculum in tandem. They're also being taught some of the trade level skills as well. So it, it's a blended kind of, it's not a lockstep curriculum where okay. you read a chapter and take a test. Yep. You're blending all of these materials together from these various units. And that, that helps keep the kids engaged. And then, so they don't even realize what they're learning. You know, they're building a the wall, they're building a the floor system, but at the same time, they're going over the, the math and the level, uh, okay. and, uh, and the science parts of the, the, the science, technology, education, and math. The STEM is already built into the curriculum, so they don't know right. that they're learning all these academic sort of skills wow. at the same so time. So, are you showing them how to read plans as well? We do have sections, of components, if you will, with each trade section. Yep. If you're doing the electrical, then we're focusing on, obviously, a lot of the electrical layout and design. And then for the carpentry unit, you know, you're obviously doing a lot of section drawings and different yep. views. And, and so. so they're learning how to read that, too. Again, yes. you're educating yep. them without even knowing yep. it. Yep. So would you consider yourself, uh, would it be safe to say uh, you, you train the trainers? Yes, that's, that's exactly what I do. Yes. Okay. Yep. Some organizations offer online training. Is that something that HBI offers? You know, we're getting into that more. Really, I, I see a real value in blending that online capabilities and, and, and as a, as a add-on, if right. you will, because that way you, you can reach out to some of those folks that have that particular learning style where they're, you know, especially the younger generation these days. having. So we have developed 
computer-based simulations okay. and other online components to our training, but not as the main focus. No, you, know, we still still need, you still need to be the tactile things that they sure. have to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. But they can do some of the learning, I guess, online. Is that some the idea? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. So all like all of the assessments that, yep. that are that, that are in, built into the pack can be transferred right over to a, an iPad, an iPhone, so the students can actually, while they're in lunch or the, the library, they can complete their assessments there. Right on their and how do they like that? They love it. They do, eh? Yeah, the instructors actually love it better because that's less paperwork for them to file. That's true. So they keep all of their documents on electronically. Oh, that's good. What qualifications are needed to be an HBI trainer? To be an instructor for HBI, you need to have at least seven years' experience in your trade area that you're okay. going to be teaching. So industry that's experience. Industry experience is the key thing. We go through a really well-built training program once you become, you know, get hired as an instructor yeah. to, to, to familiarize you, you with the population that you're going to be serving, whether it be an okay. active-duty military program or a, an at-risk youth program, job corps. So they, we do have a good training program. So I, when I was hired a long time ago, I was, you know, connected with a, a mentor, so I had somebody I could fall back on. Plus, I was on a center where we had seven other HBI instructors. Right. So it was, and HBI at the national office is really not much different than HBI at one of our sites. It was right. really family friendly sort of environment, even on the, on the sites. How do you go about finding trainers? That's very difficult these days with yep. the market being the, the way, way it is. is. Yeah. Everybody's looking for an instructor. So yeah. it is, it, and finding the right person, you know, not, not the hard core construction guy you're looking for somebody with people management skills people management probably skills yeah. exactly and then still they still have to have the knowledge base how do you keep up with the changing code and construction styles and methods well you must be doing a lot of reading obviously <laughs> well fortunately NAHB has an uh, IRC department yep. ICC department so I work with those folks and I get updates directly from them so that's really not uh, as heavy a lift as you would imagine plus we've had People on individuals on our board that are that are also in, the, in that out of that department in NHB. How often are you updating the curriculum? Just about every two years. Every two years. Yes, that's the way it seems to trend. Is, is every two years you need to do almost an entire walkthrough. Is the course curriculum standard across all areas, or, or is there flexibility to adapt to local requirements? Lots of flexibility. There is. And that's and I think that's one of the attractive things about working with outside agencies they, they really love the flexibility and we work obviously when we go into a market area and and work with a, a local nonprofit or school district to use our curriculum we bring in the HBA the local HBA they have an impact as to what they're actually going to teach oh, so they can add they can't necessarily take away because it's based on industry skill standards that right. we've created but they can add. They're your eyes on the ground, I guess, yes. in the local markets, aren't they? They can modify it to, to meet the local needs. Yes. Right. Are the courses entirely classroom, or is there on-the-job training as well? It's, it's almost all on-the-job on training. It is. We call it hands-on training, yep. so they can use anything from training stations or if that organization is building a house for a nonprofit agency or whatever the case may be. That's all the, the heavy focus is eight, about 75 to 85% of the students' time should be in some sort of kinesthetic learning. How big are the classes? How many students are in a class? It really varies. For HBI, for our, our programs that we manage, it's about 10 to 14 
okay. students per instructor. Per instructor. Um, but I've seen some school districts uh, working with, you know, up to 20 students in a class at a time. But we mostly try and keep it around the 10 to 12 for safety reasons. How, how do you measure a student's skill? Well, we have what's called a skill achievement record, and it has a rating system okay. embedded in the skill achievement record. And what, so basically, if you think about, as, from my perspective as an instructor, and this is how I train the other instructors, if you think about your first day on the job yeah. as, as, say, a helper or something like that. What, what did you do? How, how were you successful in moving up the ladder on the job site? And so... You look at a helper, and if they already have the tool that you need, and you're the carpenter, yeah. then you know that that's a good helper. So right. that's that's a good way of measuring the students in our programs. If they're they're getting the material, I guess if they're not engaged, you're going to know that, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be pretty yeah. obvious. Yeah. So what level of achievement is required to graduate? Eighty percent is what we're looking for. Eighty percent okay. of the uh, skill sets embedded in each unit. Okay. So if they 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 meet that minimum eighty percent then they're eligible for, for a certification. What's the length of, of one of those classes, of um, the training program? Well, we don't really do seat time. Okay. Uh, we, we, it's, all, it's, it's all competency-based. I see. So, so, uh, so, so you don't really have a timeline on how long it'll take? Nope. No. Okay. So when you go into a market and you have 14 or 15 students, uh, you're there until you feel that you've done the job? Is that what well, generally? Yes, that's the way we'd like to operate, but sometimes there are restrictions. So. Yeah. You know, on average, it's about 14 to 16 weeks. It could be longer, depending if there are other needs that the student has. It's all focused on what that student needs in order to be successful versus, you know, a seat time requirement. Right. Upon graduating, can you tell us about what uh, he or she leaves with? What do they What do they leave with? A, a diploma, I guess, of some sort? Or Oh, sure. Well, there's... There's a whole plethora of stackable credentials that we offer the students, um, everything from CPR, first aid. Oh, wow. You're um, also teaching that, too. Yeah. The ladder safety. Yeah. That from on online courses. There's um, our PAC certificate, obviously, which yep. is the industry-recognized credential that they get. OSHA 10, obviously, or, or maybe even for the, the adult programs and OSHA 30 certification in construction. They also get a set of tools, hand tools, aligned to the, their particular trade area. And then they get placement services and assistance, connecting them to a job. I guess you know. I, I guess I, I should. Uh, I shouldn't assume anything. But do you also have mature students as well? Oh yeah, you do. Oh, eh? Sure. So yeah. that what what kind of age brackets do you have? Does it vary dramatically, or, or what's the youngest, um, for instance, that you have? The youngest is in our we call them DJJ programs, Department of Juvenile Justice programs. Yeah. Well, we'll serve students as as, as young as. 13, 14 years old. Okay. And then and obviously in our, our veterans and military services programs, the sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Yeah. Is there any financial support to help students? Yes. Over the years, we've developed relationships with different organizations such as Lowe's and Home Depot and, and uh, other folks that Bank of America and a couple other organizations that have offered grant assistance that we can utilize for uh, our graduates to allow them you know, to ease their transition to an apartment yeah. or, say, get a car or... Transportation needs to get to the courses, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. okay. How many students would go through the HBI training in a typical year? So we serve about 3,000 students. Yeah, 3,000 students a year, something like that. What is your most popular course? Inside of our organization, I believe building construction technology is probably the most 
utilized course. I think that's the most popular one because if you think of the spectrum from a 13-year-old to a 45-year-old, that encompasses all the trades together from a maintenance perspective. So it's the most popular one. Definitely. My last question. (laughs) Is there a particular story about a student or staff or programs that you might want to share with us? Somebody that stuck out in your, it sticks out in your mind. Well, I'm going to go for some low-hanging fruit here. As you know, it's our 50th anniversary. We celebrated that here the other day, and there was a video that was presented at that particular event around one of our graduates several years ago, a young lady by the name of Camilla Boyd. Well, I had the pleasure of working with Camilla because she was had already pretty much gone through her training, and I was running a program for HBI at the Department of Labor at the time. Yeah. And I was working with um, the Division of Engineers. And pleasure of Camilla applying for that position that I had an opening for an electrician. Student, no kidding. A student. A former electrician. student. No, not a former. Oh, current. Oh, this current. Was, so this was part of her, her oh. hands-on training. We called it work-based learning. Yeah. So she came to the Department of Labor every day from the Potomac Job Corps Center and worked with me and the electricians and carpenters and plumbers at the Department of Labor doing some maintenance-related work. And it was a real pleasure having her there with me. And, I, and, and it was a real pleasure for me to have spent time with her and help her transition to her Sense next of pride for you, too, I would imagine. It, it, she was an awesome, awesome yeah. student. Yeah. One of the best we've ever had. Camilla Boyd. Camilla Boyd, Fantastic. Yes. Steve, thanks very much for coming today. Appreciate your time. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That concludes this installment of Norboard's Builder Insights Podcast. You'll find more of the same great content on our blog, including show notes and links to additional information. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing, liking, and subscribing on iTunes. Thanks for listening.